It is Thursday, the 20th of May, 2021. I had to disassemble Otisburg this week. <laughs> and you're listening to the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Hey kids, welcome to the show. My name is Kingdom, Anthony Kingdom James, a.k.a. Anthony Redcaser. And uh, yes, Otisburg, for those of you who are regular listeners, is my Lego city. I love Lego. Yes, I'm a 50-year-old man building a small town out of Lego. Uh, well, I had to disassemble Otisburg and move it. Uh, so that I could have some shelves, some floating shelves installed in the, the walls above the city. And, uh, taking it apart was a chore, but easily enough done. And, um, this afternoon, uh, well, Thursday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon. Oh God. How does time work? Wednesday afternoon. Uh, my good friend Paul came over. And, um, because Paul knows how to do things, uh, properly, I could have, I could have half-assed my way through this. It would have been a chore. I don't have a hammer drill. I don't have a circular saw. So, uh, it, it would have been, it would have been a chore and it would have been poorly done. I don't have a laser level. <laughs> Paul had all the tools to get this done properly. The shelves are up. They look great. I'm so happy. I put the tables back underneath. Uh, I haven't started reassembling Otisburg yet because I want to... Um, the foundation where the train is as a subway, uh, I'm going to do some rebuilding on a bunch of that. And it'll probably require a parts order. And then all of the modular buildings, if you're familiar with the Lego modular buildings, um, you look them up on lego.com. They're really cool. They're just cool. Or go to Wikipedia and you can search for Lego modular buildings, M-O-D-U-L-A-R, modular. Um, and, uh, and you can see them. And I have a few mocks that I've done, my own creations. That's Lego speak for my own creations. Just, you know custom builds um those that uh, those uh, need a good dusting so i have a mini vac that was uh bought for me from my amazon wish list by a fan and i am incredibly appreciative thank you rob um so uh they're all gonna get a good dusting i've put some stuff on the shelves but uh that stuff is that was just to see what it looked like up there. That stuff needs a serious dusting. So this is an opportunity for me to <laughs> uh clean a bunch of stuff in the apartment as well. I'm a I'm a bachelor. Stuff gets dusty. Um I'm surprised this cat isn't covered in dust. Hi Chloe. Chloe is here, folks. She she cowered in my room for a couple of hours while all this was going on. Didn't you? Yeah, you little Freddy cat. Um, so yeah, 
it's it's nice. This is you know I've been I've been in this apartment eleven years, uh, and I keep saying that it's it's only the last couple of years that I've started you know doing stuff to treat it more like a home than just a place for my stuff. So uh, some art went up. Um, the shelves. Um, don't tell my don't don't tell <laughs> don't tell my landlords, but I am going to replace the kitchen sink. At some point before the end of the year, I, I, the, the one bowl sink is stupid. I'm gonna get a two a two bowl sink. <laughs> this is the kind of uh, domestic uh, uh, monotony, mundanity. Is that a word? Um, that, 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 that you're, you're here on this podcast for. I know it. Uh, let's talk about things you are here on this podcast for. Um, uh, oh, a quick wrestling note. Um, there were a few releases from, uh, the NXT roster Wednesday. One that made me very happy. One that made me very sad. Uh, the one that made me very sad was Jake Clemens, uh, Ohio referee, who is uh, a good pal and a good guy. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say a bad word against Jake. And he's just, he, he's, he's a good brother. He's in that wrestling parlance. Jake Clemens is a good brother. And, uh, uh I know once we start running again, uh, wrestlers union shows here in Toronto or in Ontario. And, uh, the borders reopen. I, I would be happy to, uh, get Jake up here with a carload of folks and have him on a union show. I just, I, I love that guy. Um, but he got let go. He, he'd only been signed, uh, since late last year. So I don't know why he was let go. It's a shame because he's, he's a good dude and a good ref. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Drake Wirtz was relieved of his, uh, of his employment. Uh, Drake Wirtz can f- fly away. Let's, yeah, let's, let's moderate our language today. Jay- <laughs> Drake Wirtz, who was known as Drake Younger when he was a wrestler, mostly in CZW, uh, is the kind of right wing QAnon, Trump-loving, um, miscreant who, um, like, I, I would, I would get fired for just flipping out on him if he were in a locker room with me and speaking. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to go into his story other than, uh, other than anybody who picks him up. Anybody who uses him, uh, in either a wrestling or referee capacity, um, I, I want nothing to do with them because with how public his right wing insanity is now, uh, just how public it's become, uh, hiring him to me says you are, um, in part you are in endorsing or at least tolerating his 
form of uh, lies and hate. Because that's what this guy, that's part of what this guy is about, is hate. And um, I, I wouldn't have anything to do with you if you have something to do with him. Uh, fuck, I can't, I, you know, oh, I swore. Uh, <laughs> I can't even tell you that watching WWE programming is something I'm, I couldn't tell you the last time I was eager to do that. And that guy is one of the reasons. Jackson Riker is one of the reasons. It's, if you, if you lie down with dogs, you get up with fleas. And, um, as a company, sure, I know, I know that they're, I know that they're Trump supporters. I know that company's Trump supporters. And that actually does taint my opinion of the company. So, anyways, let's get off that. Let's talk about today. Uh, today on the show, well, let me preface this by saying that a few weeks ago, I had uh, Vito Del Sante on the show. Vito is the senior editor now of Action Lab Comics, my former publisher. And that has become a particularly popular episode. Uh, it is now, I think, the fifth ranked episode on the podcast, of the podcast for the year. And, um, I, Vito and I, I've gotten some very positive feedback about the episode. And Vito and I spoke about his plans as senior editor and what he thinks about turning the company around and his career and, and so on and so forth. Uh, the person who ended up recommending Vito for that job was uh, Jamal Eigel. And Jamal and I have been friends uh, seven, eight, eight, yeah, it's got to be at least eight years now. Um, and I met Jamal because of Action Lab Comics and he his uh his book Molly Danger is parked there we worked together he did the variant cover on the very first issue of uh of the first hero my series there we worked together on the crossover miniseries Action Verse and um Jamal Eigel has been in comics for literally decades now. Um, he is a terrific guy. He is, he, talk about a good brother. Every, every sense of the term. I, I love this guy so much. So, um, you know, I finally got off my ass and said, you know, we had said a few times, hey, you want, I'd said, you want to do the show? And he said, absolutely. Now it's just a matter of scheduling it. So I finally said, let's pick a day. Well, the day was a few days ago. <laughs> we recorded an interview. And uh, thanks for suffering through my preface here. Um, but after the record scratch, it's me and Jamal Eigel. Uh, before I go, I said I was going to start doing this up front. Uh, social media. Find me on all social media at my name is Kingdom. That's Twitter. Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, the all-important Patreon. Oh my goodness, kids. I need you to uh, take a look 
at patreon.com slash my name is kingdom. We are growing the pop culture cult and I would love it if you would join in as a subscriber. I always say this. It's as little as two bucks a month and it helps keep the lights on here at Cassidy Kingdom so that I can keep doing the show. Uh, it, two bucks a month. I mean, hey, look, that's half the price of your morning cup of coffee. You spend that every day for two bucks a month for basically 25 bucks a year. Or more, you can choose big. We got, we got tiers at two, five, ten, and twenty. But basically for twenty-five bucks a year, you help me make fifty plus podcasts exclusive to Patreon. You get, you know, you can have the blog posts of my comic strips. For five or ten dollars, you get comic scripts, you get comic books to read, you get more videos. Ah, look, I could tell you up and down all day. Here's the point. Reach into your pocket, find a couple of bucks, hand them over to your Uncle Kingdom. There is so much stuff on the Patreon now that will all become available to you on day one. And there is so much new stuff that is coming. Um, yeah, there you go. Anyways, enough of me shilling. I'll be back tomorrow on Patreon, Patreon exclusive episode. With the White Bronco, Channing Decker. You want some wrestling content, kids? We're going to give you plenty of wrestling content. Decker, who was just seen a few weeks ago, uh, portraying Brian Pillman Sr. on the season premiere of Dark Side of the Ring. Let's get into it with Channing Decker about his wrestling career, about going to Japan, about running uh, his promotion here in Toronto everything. Let's talk to Channing Decker. It's tomorrow morning exclusively at patreon.com slash my name is kingdom. All right. That's enough for me. Fuck. We're, we're almost at 15 minutes here. Let's hit the goddamn record scratch and get into it with comic book creator, Jamal Eigel. Hey kids, our guest today is an artist, a writer, a former indie publisher executive, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, uh, a husband, a father, and an all-around fine fellow, most of all, to me anyways, he is a great friend. Uh, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, please welcome Jamal Eigel to the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Hey, Jamal. Hi, Anthony. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Fuck pro wrestling gorilla, dude. <laughs> you know i planned i planned to start this really 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 professionally and like seriously i have a very serious question to start but we were talking about xpw and uh before this and uh man pwg ain't never giving me money <laughs> Listen, you know what? I'm not it. a wrestler, so you know, I'm just a, I'm just a fan. That's you know what I I wouldn't even think of stepping inside a ring, man. <laughs> Have you? Did yeah. you ever? Did you ever go to PWG when you were out there? No, fuck no, no. I couldn't get a ticket. I couldn't get tickets. Oh, I didn't man. have any money. Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, I wish I were getting that kind of crowd for union shows. Shit. Uh, oh well. Anyways, I was fucking broke, man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, starving artists. Every painting, forty nine dollars oh, yeah. or less. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is already off the rails. Let's okay. Let's, all right, let's all get right. let's, 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 let's let's reel it back in a little bit. All right, adult voices. All right, here we go. All right, all right. Here's the serious first question. <clears throat> Should I put on my reading glasses for this? No, it's okay. Uh, between upheavals in distribution, the rise of crowdfunding for comics, the continued bumbling xenophobia of Comics Gate. And the hibernation of the comic, comic convention scene. What do you think of the current state of the comic book industry, Mister Jamal Igle? Honestly, I think it's probably in a better place than it's been in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Would you care to expand I say, I on say that, that with, I, I say that with all sincerity. Okay. Honestly, all I right. do. So, what, what's what's leading you to this optimistic conclusion? Well, I look at, okay, so from a sales standpoint, I look at graphic novel sales outside of the mainstream. From a cultural point, you've seen like a lot of turnover at DC, um, putting women, people of color in management positions that they weren't in before. So you're kind of breaking up the whole old boys club network and it's kind of starting to happen at marvel as well and some of the other companies so i i see that you're starting to see more for lack of a better term marginalized creators getting to do mainstream work that you wouldn't have seen 10 or 15 years ago Mm -hmm. so there's a there's a lot of positive going on in spite of all the the comics gate bullshit and the 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 con the the lack of consequence in certain corners. Okay. You know, things are getting better. They're not perfect. They're not great, but they're content is getting stronger. You're starting to see more people being involved. On the creative side, who aren't just you know old white guys giving jobs to old white guys, <laughs> okay. And you know nothing against old white guys, you know I'm I'm friends with a lot of old white guys, but <laughs> at the same time, it's nice to see more. For example, it's nice to see more women doing mainstream superhero work. Mm-hmm as opposed to being relegated to just doing like whatever, you know, animated property, you know, the editor wants to foist off to them because they can't get one of their guys who wants to draw my little pony. Although that's, that's changed clearly over the years since, you know, MLP became like a super mega franchise for IDW. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's good to see all of this happen. Like I said, it's not perfect. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of room for improvement. It's, you know, there's still aspects of everything that's going on in terms of like the changes in distribution, which I'm all for breaking up 
the Diamond Monopoly, mm-hmm. honestly. And, and, you know, this is nothing against Diamond per se as a company, but no one company should have that much power yeah. over when, an entire industry. When's the first time you went to San Diego Comic-Con? Ooh, 19... I was working for Crusade, so that was 1990... 95 or 96, okay, I want to so, say. So if you went in... If you went in 95 or 96, then uh, you were you were in time. You should have... As far as I remember, you should have been in time mm-hmm. to attend the, the, uh, the industry days at the beginning of the week. Yes. The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. So, yes, yes, yes. so you, you remember the days and you, you were immersed in the days when there were 13 distributors in North mm-hmm. America. And, uh, Absolutely. uh, you know, when I, when I went there 93 through 96 thinking, and I always say it the same way, thinking that I would break in the industry as a writer by osmosis. I'll just stand in the middle of this fucking convention and somebody will hand me <laughs> Jim Shooter will walk up and say, "Hey, you look like a writer. Here, do this. You know, fuck." Um, some of the people that were coming with me from Toronto uh, mm-hmm. were friends who were, you know, um, working for the Silver Snail and by proxy uh, Andromeda distributors. Uh, Silver Snail right. owned Andromeda. So yeah, to 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 see the collapse of distribution from thirteen down to basically one, uh, right. sent shivers through people's spines, and it was surreal. Yeah, honestly, because you know even as a fan, even before that, so you know just to to, to step back a little bit, I did my internship at DC in nineteen eighty nine, so I was seventeen. I was going to comic shops. I was going to conventions locally in New York. So I kind of fancied myself a little bit of an expert, but I also worked in comic shops mm-hmm. as well. So I remember the distributor wars. I remember having to go to Capitol to get some books, go to Heroes yeah. World to get other books. Yeah. You know, that's just the way things were. And they would compete with each other for a product because they were all carrying the same stuff, but they were, you were able to get a better discount depending on who you went to. Uh-huh. So when that all went away, I mean, people lost their spadoinkle. Like they really did. Yeah. And now, I mean, I remember the, uh, Marvel's attempt to go exclusive in the nineties mm-hmm. and how that, tanked and right. and now you have uh 20 25 years later uh dc breaks away from diamond and now marvel uh makes a deal with penguin random house i mean yeah it's it, it it's crazy it the fear of change sets in and you have to think back to uh, to the long, long ago and, and, and wonder whether this new version of diversification and in, in distri- uh, distributing will be a good thing. Do you think it will be good? I, whew, 
is it, is, is it being is it being done in a way that's going to be good for anybody but Marvel and DC? Right now, probably not. <laughs> although, although I know that I, it's not Penguin Random House that's picking up a bunch of uh, independent companies. It's, I think it's. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. There's a there's a third entity okay. that's out there, like a big distributor that's that's handling uh, trade sales. Oh. For for Ahoy and a couple and like Alterna and a couple of the the larger independents. Okay. Um, I'll remember as soon as we get off of this call. <laughs> but <laughs> but in terms of in that on that level, I would have loved to see someone else step up and say, okay. We are going to be the alternative for all of these smaller publishers to step away from Diamond. That might still happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Penguin Random House and the distribution network that Penguin Random House has, it's, it's huge. There's no competing with it unless you're scholastic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that's just basically what it is. And both of them, Carry Marvel, I guess, uh, you know, Scholastic does carry some, like, some, like, DC and Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Penguin Random House carries DC and Marvel trades, although, you know, as, you know, their sole distributor. But then, you know, you know, DC is working with Lunar Distribution and Lunar, uh, you know, or the, the former DCDS is still one of the largest distributors in the country. Mm-hmm. In the, in the states, so and was when they when you know this whole deal happened anyway. They were all they were in terms of mail order. They were they were the ones that Diamond was buying product from. Yeah, basically. Okay. And wouldn't this all be solved that we could just go to conventions and buy from creators directly? Lord God, it, it would be nice. <laughs> it, it would be nice. What's the, what's the last convention <laughs> you did? The last, the last convention I, the last convention I did was in Algiers. When was in that? October of 2019. I don't remember that. So, yeah, it was a, a, it was a, a, a three day, uh, comic salon in oh. Algiers. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Is, no, it was on behalf of the State Department. It was on behalf of the U.S. State Department. It was yeah. me. It was, uh, and Stephen Harris, Eric Battle, Sean Martinborough, Lisa Martinez, Amy Chu, uh, uh, Shamika, uh, Shamika Miller. I'm trying, Shamika Moore. I'm trying, I'm mean, she's going to kill me because I can't remember her last name. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, the pretense aside, this is all the State Department. This is all an elaborate ruse for you to go over there on some Mission Impossible bullshit. Basically, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you know par- parachute in, steal the plans, <laughs> escape by goat. <laughs> escape by goat. Excellent. Uh, okay, what was your let's 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 get to something slightly more relatable to my audience. What was the last North okay. American convention you did? Ouch! Who do you oh. think you are? Baltimore. <laughs> 
No, it was, Bal- it was it was Baltimore. Okay, it was Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> have you uh, have you been caught? So Baltimore, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yes, Baltimore, twenty nineteen. Uh, have you been contacted by any conventions since March saying, "Oh yeah, we're getting ready to go. We want to have you here." I I I agreed to do a convention recently. Oh yeah. I said no for like a year. Okay. Because. Uh, just, just because I've got a school age daughter. Yeah. I didn't want to get her sick. Mm. Uh, and my wife had already had COVID at one point. I've had, you know, two high school classmates of mine who both died from COVID. Oh. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I've, you know, I've known a lot of people who've gotten it. I, I have a friend of mine who lives in Jersey. She is a long hauler. She's still sick. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I, I took it very, very seriously. So, so this um, conven- this convention is something upcoming, or yeah, it's uh it's a uh, Rose City Comic Con in uh in Portland in oh, September. Okay. Very good, very good. Uh, are yeah. you yourself making plans for other conventions now, or are you still waiting? Um, I had I had already committed to uh, Baltimore Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So that was that's my only other show that I'm planning on doing. I might do New York, but that depends. That all depends on you know the condition of the city. They say we're they say we're reopening next week. So yeah, yeah. It does yeah. Uh, as a guy, you know, boots on the ground in New York. Does it feel like it's too soon? Uh, yeah, it feels it feels like it's way too soon. I even thought July was optimistic. Yeah, when they started to, when they started talking about reopening in July. Yeah. Um. So is this is this as, is this from, Cuomo is this Cuomo bending over backwards because of his current situation, his his precarious uh, position as governor, or is this? The is this the state or the city saying? Oh yeah, we honestly think we're ready. No, this is. I feel honestly. I feel like this is more of a fuck you, De Blasio. I don't. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> you said July. You said July. I'm saying May. Fuck you. <laughs> oh shit. Oh well, that's good. They hate. They hate each other. That's good. They absolutely hate each that's other. That's good. Daddy and daddy are fighting, and we're in the crossfire. That's. It's you know it, it's not. I mean, you you stayed at my place. You know you know where I live in Brooklyn. Yeah. It's you know things things are things have been relatively not normal but normalish. You know you know ninety percent of the people around here they wear their masks. They yeah. they social distance. They do everything they're supposed to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not that big a deal. You know I I go into the city you know once every other week. Go down to Chinatown, eat them some, you know, <laughs> come back. <laughs> have you uh, ha- have you been by the Javits recently? Not recently, no. Oh, I want to know how that North Building is doing, man. Are they <laughs> have they continued it's construction? Almost, actually, no. We drove. We we did drive. But we we had gone um, to see some friends upstate, and we did drive past. Oh yeah, the Javits. So it 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 looks good. Yeah, it looks good. They're almost done. Yeah. Five big stories of, uh, of of chrome and glass. 
that, that's what they say. I mean, it, you know, it, it looks pretty from the outside. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I, I liked the North Building, the previous North Building for how mm-hmm. how simple it was. It was just like, yeah, just eh, buy an extra airport hangar and we'll stick it on the on the west side of the city. <laughs> but it was it was fun. That was the thing about about yeah. that building was whenever New York Comic Con, like I knew people and you knew people, same thing. They just spent the entire show there. Yeah, yeah. Oh my like, god! They didn't even bother to go to their show floor. If uh, dude, if money were no object, I I would spend so much time in the North Building. I just. <laughs> Yeah, I just hand people my sketchbook, and uh, oh yeah, it's gonna be a couple hours. No, I'll just wait. <laughs> I'll just yeah. watch. I'll just watch you draw. <laughs> like if I didn't think Terry Moore would get creeped out, I'd just pull up a chair and watch him sketch. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I, I I I've pulled up a I've pulled up a chair behind uh, Jamar Nicholas's booth. And just sat and, mm. watch, and watched him deal with people. And then every once in a while, he's engaged in a conversation. Somebody comes up, and I uh, and I pinch hit as salesman on uh, on Leon. Yeah, right. I would absolutely. I'd spend so much time in the North Building. That it was great. I I wonder what it's going to be like as a as a five story complex now. But uh, yeah, I can imagine that's where all the panel rooms are going to be. Yeah, I, I yeah. Clear out all that, uh, clear out all that space from the south building, and and, and yeah. they'll be able to open it up to, you know, to more retail, and uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great either way. But I, I'm I'm eager to see it in person, see what it actually. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm I'm, I'm curious what it, it's gonna end up looking like ultimately. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, at the same time, this is something. This is something they've been needing to do for decades. Yeah. yeah. And it's still not, honestly, it's still not enough well, from a strategic standpoint because there are no hotels near the Javits Center. Well, there's all. one. There's that one Holiday Inn, I think, but it's tiny. Oh, yeah. It's tiny. Oh, the, the, yo, the Yotel? Yeah, I, down, think, that, I like, think that's what it is. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, but that's, even then, that's like a 10 block walk. No, 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 no. There's, I, don't make me go on Expedia right now, man. There's, <laughs> there's at least one, uh, there's at least one that's like just two blocks away. And it's just, it's on one of the, uh, it's on one of the east west streets that, uh, empties out. Oh, I know what you're, I know what, I know what you're talking about. I know Johnson, what you're talking is about. Howard Johnson or a, Daisy yeah, it's like something. a like a either that or it's like a Holiday Inn Express. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 not it's not a large it's not a large spot. No, I, I've gotten used to uh, I've gotten used to just walking to the, uh, the 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 ferry station and going to New Jersey. Oh yeah, and staying in Jersey. I, 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 I like Jersey. I don't know what it no, is. I, I have no problem. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's it's super convenient, and they've built up that promenade once yeah. you get off the ferry station with all the restaurants and shit. Yeah. So you know, it's fine. Well, it's just like you, you know, know like, it works. It works out. Uh, uh well, it would have been three years ago when I came. Three three years ago when I came back. Yeah, probably three years ago that I mm-hmm. um uh like right at the I I took a an Airbnb in Jersey. Uh, on the right. the top of the mountain there, 
And uh, mm-hmm. like at the end of the street was this little Mexican um, bodega slash takeout place. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I have to eat somewhere else. I had to force myself to eat somewhere else while, <laughs> while I was staying there. Uh, it, was, it was just so good. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it was like it was fantastic. You know, you know what that's like? Uh, you know, like in uh, in the gas lamp in San Diego, right? Dick's last they resort. They have this little deli <laughs> called the Cynic Cafe. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's like it's one one of the side streets off of, uh, off of J. It's like this, but everybody goes there because they make these amazing sandwiches. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, remember, I mean, the last time it's literally been twenty five years since I was in San Diego. So, I oh, mean, okay, yeah. For me, for me, the the place that I I know it's gone now, and it makes me mm. it makes me equal parts sad and angry, sangry, mm. uh, is uh, Dick's Last Resort. I, the first, yeah, I, the first time I pro- walked in there. It's probably gone now. Oh no, it's gone. The first time I walked in there was with uh, Brian Morton when he was working for the Snail mm. slash Andromeda, and we quickly discovered that uh, that the worse you act, the better they treat you. And I was like, "Fuck, I'm home." <laughs> this is. It's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't work here, but I'm gonna be. T- I've been told to take your order. You know, like what? Mm-hmm. How is this happening? Napkin fight. Okay, <laughs> I miss it so bad, so much. So, uh, they, brought, they brought you food in actual steel buckets. Oh yeah, no, I remember. There was, there was a Dixon Boston that I went to. Yeah, uh. it was glorious. <laughs> Uh, oh, hey, you know, and and speaking of uh, speaking of having stayed at your place in Brooklyn, how's my mm. how's my dog? Oh, he's fine. He's <laughs> a little grayer. He's still nuts. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've I've gotten into the habit since the the whole pandemic started. Was I I stopped running and I started going on these six mile walks. Yeah. So so every couple of days I take him with me. So we're out for like two hours. That's good you know, stuff. Man. We're walking around. I'm listening, listening to my podcast. I'm, you know, catching up on all the WWE shows I don't watch anymore because they bore <laughs> the shit out of me. Uh, <laughs> you, and, you and me both, and he comes, brother. He, he comes back. I give him breakfast. He falls asleep for like an hour. He gets up and just starts like, "Are we going out again?" <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, you know, I lived in Pittsburgh for two years. I, I was engaged. I was going to get married and, you know, live there permanently. And mm-hmm. honest to God, the most American I ever felt was a Saturday night walking Gambino around Park Slope. <laughs> I was like, we stopped. We stopped. We <laughs> We stopped at, uh, at a little Mexican food cart near the subway, and I grabbed. I, right. I grabbed what was going to be my dinner. We fucking we walked a bunch around the neighborhood, and it just me with a pit bull on a leash in Brooklyn at, at like midnight, uh, eleven p.m. on a Saturday night. Right. Like, this is this is <laughs> this is the most fucking American I've ever felt it'll never uh, be it'll never this is the summit it'll never be this good again 
I'm glad I was able to provide that experience oh, for you. Yeah, your dog is great. I love your dog. If I were ever to have a dog again, I you 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 don't want, don't want to know what happened to your dog. I kidnap your dog. Uh, All right, right now I'm right now I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at my cat, uh, the, the the one who three weeks ago, four weeks ago tried to amputate my left hand because I I wanted to cut her <laughs> nails, and I just we're we're in a we're in a weird place. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm go for a dog. <laughs> I shouldn't say that looking at it. That's terrible. No, uh, you, you feel that way until he climbs into your daughter's bed when he's not supposed to. Oh, jeez. Um. <laughs> all right. So, so you're ready for uh, you're ready for conventions again. I take it. You don't do a lot of conventions, I'm, but I I'm. I'm ready-ish. I'll yeah. put it to you that way. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm still erring on the side of caution. I mean, you know, we're, we're just wait. Corinne and I just, we got our vaccinations. We're good. We're yeah. just waiting for Katie to be able to get hers. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, that's the big thing. It's this whole, this whole thing has just been, you know, we're, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I've been, a freelance comic book artist for 30 years. I spent most of my career at home, <laughs> but Corinne and Katie both had to learn how to exist around me during the day. Yeah. And you guys are, you guys are not living your, your apartment is not exactly the size of a football field. No, so no, it is, are, it is not, but we, we, we found, you know, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It, it's funny. We, we found a way to, to just sort of coexist. And all like do our thing and you know listen to different things or watch different things and just come together and have dinner and you know just be yeah. you know in one space. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll, I'll trust you. I just I I I thought about that a couple of times. I was like, you guys, the Eagles must be just fucking going stir crazy on top of each other. You would think so, but you know what? Especially now that Katie's a little older, yeah. Like she just plugs in, man. She she's got her <laughs> Zoom. She's she's playing Minecraft. She's playing Animal Crossing. You know, she's just like she puts her headphones on, and we have to like actually like snap our fingers to get her attention. <laughs> like she just she just does her thing. She checks out. She's good. <laughs> uh, so while you're all uh, cooped up there together, uh, what are you, what are you working on these days? Uh, I'm the wrong earth right now, and I got a issue and a half left on that, and planning some other stuff that I can't really get too into yet. But okay. I just like well, no, one's a long term thing, and then we're just kind of working out the details, and I'm probably make be able to make a like a formal announcement about that soon. Okay. Um, some other, yeah, but I'm working on some covers, and I'm, I I wrote. Speaking of, you know, figuring out how to, you know, all be in one space. I actually ended up writing this eight page. No, it's not eight pages. This is a six page or the eight page or something else. Uh, a six page story for an anthology that's uh, coming out this month. Mm. So, and it's actually it's you know semi autobiographical. I didn't draw it. I just wrote it but, oh. and found a, a person named Jess Fleming who's very, very talented, but a much different style than mine. Yeah. So. <laughs> when was the, when's the last time you wrote something that you didn't draw? Um, it's 
been a while, yeah. actually. This was the first one. This is the first one, and I actually just did uh, another eight-page story for uh, a horror comedy anthology that my buddy Steve Walker is drawing. Oh, okay. Steve, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I am starting to get into, like, writing material for other artists. Oh, very good. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. Is, you know, uh, little things here and there. What's, uh, let's see, let's see if I can figure out your, uh, your hidden secret here. What's, uh, what's the status of Molly Danger? Oof, about <laughs> half done. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's Molly. I look at these pages and I keep wanting to get back to them. And every time I do, something comes up financially. Yeah. Well, it's hard not to want to <laughs> make money. At this point, like, I'm, at this point, I'm just like, I'm, you know, giving refunds to people who ask for them and, Ah, fuck that. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. I want my book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm prepared to wait you out, son. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, you know, it's like I, I have, I have the, I have it all scripted. Yeah. I just, it's, I am, you know, this, I, this I am second the, book has just been, uh, yeah. The last few years have just been rough. Mm. Well, I am the Bolivian yeah. Army, and you and that book are Butch and Sundance. I'm, I'm just, waiting. <laughs> I'm just waiting. You're gonna come out eventually, buddy. <laughs> I know, I know. It do you, will. It do you will. worry? Now, I have this, I have this worry about uh, Heroes of Homeroom C, which I, I listen. I have to get past. I don't know if it's writer's block or laziness or depression or what the fuck it is. I have to get past whatever's going on with the bad wiring in my head to get some work done on on two projects so that I can get back to Heroes of Homeroom C. And there's right. there's a long road in there for me where I was trying to find a book publisher for it, found an agent, we we tested it out a little and it's taken a it's been a like a years uh to to finally get back to the answer of this a larger version of this isn't going to be sellable because a version already exists. Right. And so me deciding, okay, well, now I need to write a volume two because what I had written was a like a, a soft reboot, a volume and a larger version of, of the original volume. Mm-hmm. I start to wonder, uh, has there been, has it been too long? Has it been too long to go back to Heroes of Homeroom C in the same, uh, along the same vein as volume one? Do you worry about that right. with, with Molly Danger? I do, but at the same time, I, I'd like to think that the, my approach to Molly has made it evergreen okay. it's not set in a particular time it's not you know the the technology is fantasy technology mm-hmm. so i don't it doesn't have i don't think it has a particularly dated look to it no um and i think that helps i think my biggest thing with molly is that i set up such a high expectation for myself yeah that I, that i feel like Anything less would be cutting corners 
that I don't want to cut. You got to keep in mind, it will literally take me three days to pencil a page of Molly Danger. Wow. That's how much, that's how much work I put into that, into the first book and with what I've done with the second. Yeah. Um, so it's just that level of detail. And that's important to me. There's a, there's a particular look that I set up and I just sort of feel like until I can clear the decks mm-hmm. and sit down and say, this is, cause everything else, like, you know, I'm a very detailed artist. I put a lot into the stuff that I do for other people, but I don't put anywhere near the amount of detail that I put into my own stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's just it. That's just the way that it has to be. So it, it will, it will come out and I will take, I don't want to slack on this. Yeah. I have a story. This is a story that has been sitting in my head forever and forever and forever. And I want to get it out. If somebody wants to dump like a hundred thousand dollars on me so that I can get it. <laughs> 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 Okay, listen. But, you know, but until until that happens, I also still have to work for a living. Okay. So now I have two questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're going to talk about somebody dumping money on you so you can publish Molly Danger, I have to ask, what's your current relationship with Action Lab Comics? Uh, well, and what's what's Molly Danger? So- what's Molly Danger's relationship? Molly Danger's relationship with Action Lab is that they still get first right of refusal for the next book. Okay. So that that's Molly Danger's relationship with Action Lab. My personal relationship with Action Lab is tangential. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's one of the options on Facebook. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I, it, it, I was really well, expecting because, to say because, it's complicated. Well, you, you, you know this, and I'm just going to sit, I'm going to put this out there. Yeah. People know that I was the, the head of marketing at Action Lab for yeah. three years. Mm-hmm. What people don't know is that I'm also a shareholder of Action Lab. Mm-hmm. So, I have a relationship with Action Lab. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, it's a fiduciary relationship with Action Lab. Mm-hmm. Right now, because I have, I have stepped back as much as I have over the last few years away from the company, my only connection right now, other than, you know, trying to get people paid, yeah. <laughs> trying to get people, <laughs> is as helping them in terms of picking solicitation, or not solicitation, submissions. Right. So I'm part of the submissions committee right now. Mm-hmm. Although I haven't really had that much to do recently. I know that's going to ramp up fairly soon. Okay. Now the other, the the flip side of that coin is uh, mm. when talking about, Hey, give me some money. I'll make a book. What would it take to get you back on a Marvel or a DC book? When's the, what's the, what's the, what's the last full issue of a comic book that you drew for either of the big two? The last full issue was probably an issue of Sensation, of sensation Comics, Wonder Woman, and that was, what, 
probably like five or six years ago. I can't even remember. What what does it, um, what does it take to get you onto a book at Marvel or DC at this point? I would really have to want to do it. Like I would, it would have to be something that I could not put together myself. Like it would have to be because there are very few properties at either company mm-hmm. that jump out at me as a bucket list sort of thing. I've sort of ticked off all the bucket list items okay. what's, that, what's, I've, what's... that I've wanted to do at DC in particular. All right. So what characters are still on that bucket list? Oof. Mm. Well, okay. So at Marvel, yeah. uh, I'd still like to do a Captain America thing. Okay. You know, I I would actually write, I have an idea for a Captain America story that's been sitting in my head for, and on paper in various forms for like 25 years that they would never let me, let me do. (laughs) Okay. Um, um, I don't know. It's not that much. I mean, there's stuff that if they said, Hey, do you want to do an issue of the Hulk? I'd, I'd be curious. You know, I'd, yeah. be, I'd be tempted. Um, I've done some stuff at DC recently, which were you know, a little short burst of things that were fun. Uh-huh. You know, I did I did a uh, a story with uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's the new writer on, on uh, Superman in action, and that was that was cool for uh, Infinite Frontier, uh-huh. and that was fun. You know, we got to design you know giant monsters and. And play and play and uh, and then I did a two pager with Marguerite Bennett for uh, uh, what's the Dark Knight's Metal, where I got to draw the uh, the giant robot T Rex from the Batcave eating people in Arkham <laughs> Asylum, which was fun. You know, I I will you know I I like doing fun things. I like doing things that I like being presented with opportunities that I would not necessarily have thought of myself mm-hmm. and being presented with things that just seem cool and weird and fun and, you know, not, not cookie cutter. Yeah. So it all depends so on, it, it I, all depends I, on how they book you on huh, a rock. Oh, absolutely. Okay. absolutely. <laughs> hey, Listen, if I don't like it, I ain't gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. You could be making a movie or a sitcom about yourself. Why would you? <laughs> what do you want to get? What do you want to tear a peck at WrestleMania? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, fuck. It's great to be in that position that you. I mean, I'm, I'm the, very lucky in that. I, yeah. I honestly, I'm very lucky in that regard, like, I, I mean, and I realize that. You, you've said it yourself. You just said it. One of the reasons that Molly Danger uh, Volume Two has been uh, backburnered is because of the amount of work you've been getting, paying gigs you've been getting elsewhere, and one of those gigs uh, it was Black with uh, right. with Kwanzaa, and uh, and I, you know, I've I've always been afraid to attempt to say Kwanzaa's last name out loud because. You know, okay, okay, it's uh, Oza- Osajifo. Osajifo. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'd have come nowhere close to that. I would have, I would have, <laughs> I would have tripped and fallen down a flight of stairs saying to say that. And that's 
that's coming from the guy named Redgazer. So, uh, yeah. so Black kind of exploded both uh, in its crowdfunding efforts. I mean, what a fantastic elevator pitch. What if only oh, black yeah. people had superpowers? Boom. Done. It, it, hooked, it hooked me as soon as I saw it. Yeah. It was just like, whole, again, you know, going back to the same thing. It was just like, holy fuck, why didn't I think of this? Yeah. I mean, I saw that. You know? I, I, I saw that and I had, you know, I'd already put out a couple of volumes of of the first hero. And I saw that and it's like, oh, shit. I could have done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like being it's like being in a uh, being in a diner ordering breakfast with your friends and then the food comes to the table right. it's like fuck i got out ordered uh <laughs> uh well i i do know that in uh 2017 uh mm-hmm. black was optioned to studio eight for an adaptation right is there any movement on that whatsoever that you know of? Um, right now, it's at Warner Brothers. It's still being it's still being handled by Studio Eight, but the it moved. For, I forget it was. I forget what studio was at before, but now it's at Warner Brothers. Oh my! So yeah, so but Studio Eight, Studio Eight is still involved. Okay. And so that was the that was the last thing that I heard. And then there is a script written, mm-hmm. and there's a producer attached. Mm. And they're uh, they're basically like trying to find a director and, and all this other happy happy stuff. And I I just said to Kwanzaa, look, I I don't care as long as I get tickets to the premiere. <laughs> 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 you know? until, until I I don't believe anything is going to happen until and even after yeah like there's an announcement in like Deadline or Variety yeah. or anything else like. Until you tell me that production is wrapped. <laughs> oh, production? That's all and it the takes. Theaters for, are booked. I was going to say, that's all it takes for you is production to wrap? Nah, man. That, that's a, <laughs> I, I don't, no, I don't know, believe shit until, even then. I don't believe shit until I'm sitting in the theater and, and, and the third reel starts to roll. It's like, <laughs> you made two thirds of a fucking movie? Just to troll me, I want to. I want to see when the when the credits are rolling. I'm still sitting there. There might be a post credit scene. Otherwise, I mean, if I believed if I believed in everybody's ideas, I mean, fuck, I'd have mm. had a spectacular feud with Low Key in New Jersey twenty five years ago, twenty years ago. So, <laughs> so I'm, not, you know, if you <laughs> no, no. No, I got to see the whole thing. <laughs> well, listen, you know what? It's Hollywood. It's I'm not in that world anymore. So, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever happens, you know, when I, when uh, news comes, you'll it, be fine. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then all I care about after that is getting my taste. <laughs> yeah, you know, where's, where's where's my pay, where's my where's my payoff? <laughs> Just waiting there with your hands out, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh God. Uh. All right. We we 
let's, let's we're gonna start wrapping up now. Uh, you All got right. any you got any reading recommendations for people? What the hell should what should the kids be reading? I, okay, so Reckless by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Okay, fucking phenomenal. I want it to be a TV series. Okay. All it's right. that good. This is this As, is an ongoing. You know about this? No, I don't. Okay, it's they put out two two hardcover graphic novels so mm-hmm. far. They just released the second one. It's set in the mid '80s. It's about this guy who's an ex FBI agent, but he's like living out of an abandoned movie theater that got from somebody because he helped them out. You know, he he's. It's sort of like if Patrick Swayze merged with Columbo. Okay. With a little Jim Rockford thrown in for good measure. Oh, well, you, you, you get me. You, you make sure I'm interested when you say Jim Rockford. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you, I think you would absolutely. I mean, you know, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, like, to me, they can do no wrong as a team. Like yeah. everything that they do is just top notch. And this is just, this is just the first two volumes that they've done have just been phenomenal. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now on, uh, Image Comics website. Uh, Reckless came out December 16th, 2020. And, uh, Reckless Friend of the Devil just came out, uh, yes, April, uh, April 28th of this year. So. Yes. Wow. Okay. Okay, I will uh, I will check this out. Huh. So, so that and Immortal Hulk. Those are those are my two recommendations. Really? Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. And uh here, let's let's throw out let's throw out the uh the the the, the jackpot question uh at the end. So uh how are you doing with the uh, Biden administration so far? You know what? <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. I, I give him, I give him a solid B plus. Okay. What? Uh, what's, you know what? what's keeping that from being an A plus? What do they need to um, do? No, just just not. It, honestly, it's not anything that they're doing or not doing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't give any administration an A. Yeah. <laughs> so, but. I also recognize when it comes to the Biden administration, I also recognize the giant pile of bullshit that they have to clean up yeah. before they can even get to the the bigger parts of their own agenda. Do they? Yeah. I, 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 so, watched, I watched a video with, from uh, Robert Reich this morning that uh, mm-hmm. that kind of um, coalesced some thoughts I'd been having about how long this uh quote unquote majority you know uh how tenuous it is and how oh, it yeah. could disappear and how things like uh HR1 need to be mm-hmm. need to be passed now to right. you know especially in in light of the wave of voter suppression bills that Republican uh, state Republicans yeah, the are, passing, state legislatures. Are, are passing around yeah. the country. So uh, at a certain point, um, how how big is the boot that you jam up Joe Manchin's ass 
to get him on board with things like ending the filibuster. Like how long? How oh, I long... wouldn't. I wouldn't even put the boot up his ass. I'd drop his ass in a volcano and just be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, like I'd I'd love to do away with Joe Manchin or with Kristen Cinema. But I wonder, especially well, with Manchin, Manchin uh, with Manchin. Well, Manchin, well, Manchin is in a is is in West Virginia, which is yeah, deep red. Yeah, how do so you how do you get like, another Democrat into that seat if you get rid and, of Manchin? And that's that's the problem. I'm yeah. not really even that much that worried about Manchin himself. Like I, I don't like it. Yeah, and somebody, a friend of mine, actually had to talk me off the goddamn ledge because. <laughs> <laughs> My my bigger disappointment is Kristen Cinema. Yeah, because I she presented herself as being much more of a progressive than she, than she has been operating as. Yeah, yeah, somewhere along the line, and, and that her. feels like more of a bait and switch than anything else. Yeah, but at at some point, it, it I think that a lot of the future right now hinges on HR one and uh, being mm. able to uh, being able to make voting available to as many people as possible as opposed to the Republican suppression efforts that uh, that keep them empowered. Um, no, absolutely. absolutely. And as long as the Republicans are able to gerrymander districts, both in the, the House and in the Senate, yeah. there's just, you know, we can't get past it. People have been talking about uh, having a, a nationwide standards for at the very least for a presidential election mm-hmm. for the last four years. Yeah. But there is the will to do it, especially on the Republican side, has always been lacking. Extreme for you know, extremely lacking. Oh yeah. Well I mean, hey listen, the 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 the, 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 the corruption and the nonsense is uh deeply in their favor. And and and, yeah. and it's not that it's just deeply in their favor; it's that they've taken the reins on it and are able to direct the chaos uh, in in the direction they want. So, uh, mm-hmm. if if you have if you can direct a stampede of elephants, hey, that's almost a pun. Uh, <laughs> then then why wouldn't you uh, why wouldn't you take advantage of it and trample your your enemy's village? Uh, but but now they're getting trampled as well because now you have all of these adherents to the Trump philosophy of governance who are basically taking over local government. Yeah, in in a, in a lot of states, and that is where I mean, with Liz Cheney being being voted out of her leadership position, I mean that's telling you more where the GOP is currently yeah. headed. How they're, you know, they're, they've, they've knocked the dust off of any idea of not being authoritarian. Yeah. I said this about, uh, Mayweather and Paul last week. I'll say it now. Uh, how fucking awful do you have to be as a party to make Liz Cheney a baby face? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's how, true, isn't it? Like you, 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 you have to, you're, you're basically eating babies uh, in order to make Liz Cheney, warmongering Liz Cheney, uh, a, 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 a fucking hero in any situation. And that's, and that's the problem. 
Like, I don't, I don't have a, I, I don't have a problem in spite of what people may believe. I do not have a problem with conservatives. I do not have a problem with conservatism to an extent. Mm-hmm. But when conservatism gets to a point where it threatens my life and the lives of my wife and the lives of my child, that's where I have an issue. Mm-hmm. There is nothing, Liz Cheney, there is nothing in this universe that I would ever agree with Liz Cheney on. But like you said, you know, yeah, the party. they ran up with, they, you know, they ran up on her with a steel chair, hit her in the back, <laughs> yeah. and suddenly we're forced to run out, you know, and make the and save. Make the save. <laughs> I got a, I got a position to be in. I got to slide into the bottom rope and maybe maybe take a <laughs> fucking chair shot to protect Liz Cheney. What the fuck? wrestling sucks. And as, as the chair <laughs> is is vibrating as it hits the top rope, and you're just looking back at her, uh, and you're just going, "I did this shit for you, yeah, of all people. Fucking you made me come out here. You made me lace up my goddamn boots. Yeah. I was already out the door with a beer in my hand. Uh, <laughs> fucking Kevin McCarthy there with a kendo stick. Um, <laughs> That is the, it really is, it really, it, it really feels like the breakup of the shield where they're all standing together and then, you know, one, well, it's kind of like the shield because everybody else took a step back. Yeah. <laughs> so they could wind up and, and, and bash her. Uh, she gave a speech. She gave a speech, uh, uh, made a statement, uh, Wednesday morning on the floor. Like a six minute, mm-hmm. six minute, uh, recitation. That was just amazing. And it'll be ignored. It'll be completely, oh, there, there'll be, there'll be no crisis of conscience from any of the other leadership of that party as they Lauren Bobert their way down the aisle to fucking, to, 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 uh, to put the, to put the knife in her back. Uh, yeah. That, so, that's, that's where we are. We're, we're, we're dealing with the with Lauren. I got my GED in order to run for Congress, oh, Bobert. God, well, you and know, you know, Marjorie. I banged the the hot guy at my gym. <laughs> <laughs> the, the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about bringing it up, because I, I did uh, Lauren Bobert is is uh, it is uh, it's it's a a well known rumor. It's an un, they they haven't had. I don't think they've had the DNA test. Uh, that uh, she's sweet. oh yeah, I heard about that. She's sweet Stan Lane's daughter. She's she's the next generation of the Midnight Express. For Christ's sake! I mean, like, it, it, does Bobby Eaton have any kids? Does does beautiful Bobby have any kids? Because because sweet Stan, I, I, I wish so, I wish Stan would get a hold of his stupid daughter. Rain her uh. in. Fuck. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we've ruined politics. That's good. Uh, <laughs> well, they didn't need our help. No, for the love of God, no. I, I, you know, for for many years, I, 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 I said that the one of the problems with politics, especially American politics, is that it's it's become a sport. It's become a sport, yeah. and it's just people cheering for their team, win, lose, or draw. 
And uh, it's, it's not just here. You watch the international news. It's oh, yeah. happening everywhere. Yeah, but that, I mean, the, the problem with that is that it's it's evolved. It's now it's evolved or devolved from sports into sports entertainment. It's yeah. it's, oh, it's you just have to look at one another and say, yeah, yeah, it's it's fake. <laughs> 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 it's all fake. Uh, <laughs> shit. All right, Jamal Eigel, tell the tell the people where they can find you online. Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Jamal Eigel. You can find me on Instagram, although I don't read my Instagram messages that much. Mm. But it's Instagram, it's Jamal underscore Eigel underscore artist, and I'm on Facebook too. But I will probably ignore your friend request. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I I, I have a uh, I started a a, a Facebook uh, for myself about a year or so mm. ago, and uh, and it's it, it's mostly just it's family and very 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 close friends, and uh, right. like fifteen. I I took a look at it the other day. Like fifteen percent of it is family. That's how much. And that's just my dad's side of the family. Uh, right. <laughs> and uh, there's a pile of friends requests there. And I, I I, have that. Every once in a while, I look at the list and it's like, oh, man, I know I'm making people sad, but no. <laughs> I I hate Facebook as it is. No, yeah. Not... The only reason why, honestly, I'm, I'm right there with you. The only reason why I stay on is I've got a shitload of cousins and it's the only way that I yeah. keep up with them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I have this one. The other, my original one, if you, if you go to Anthony Kingdom James on, uh, on Facebook, uh, you're a K at this point, you're occasionally going to get something from me about a podcast or a Kickstarter mm-hmm. when I, when I get the new one going. So, uh, yeah, just deal with it. <laughs> no, no offense is meant. It is purely for my own mental health. So, <laughs> so yes, Jamal Eigel on Twitter is I, I, if you are not following Jamal on Twitter, I greatly encourage it. Uh, Thank oh, you, sir. Jamal Eigel, my friend. Uh, I, I miss you, buddy. I, I miss you too, man. I need to get my second we, we, dose of vaccine so that I can cross a border. Oh yeah, no, we 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 will see each other again, my friend. Oh yeah, Black Horseman, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> ride I'm or waiting. die, baby, ride or die. I'm waiting. Jamar uh, Jamar is going to come on the uh, the podcast later in the summer because he is. Oh yeah, cool. He is busy doing so much Leon Protector of the Playground stuff right now. So, uh, mm. so once he's got some stuff wrapped up, he's going to come on the podcast and we'll, uh, and we'll discuss many, many things. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully at New York, I might be able to see you, uh, if that That'd happens. Be cool. So, uh, in the meantime, my friend, thank you very much for coming on the Handsome Genius Club radio show and we will talk again uh, ridiculously soon. All right, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs>